Hello, everyone. Welcome back to How We Manage, where we aim to inspire, bring joy, and teach you ways to better manage yourself. My name is Britt Schrift, and today we are going to talk about tangible, realistic, and simple ways to develop influence. I did a podcast episode, I think last year, actually, on how to manage up, so how to manage a relationship with your own leader, which at its core is really just being able to influence in an upwards direction. And then, of course, talent development as a whole, we have tons and tons of support and resources for managing in a downward direction. So to help those of you who have direct reports be able to develop and build influence with them. So we've covered influence in an upwards direction and in a downwards direction. And today we're going to cover kind of that last direction. And that is actually managing across. So having influence amongst your peers, your equals, people in your similar level or role. And typically the term managing across is only really used in the context of managers building trust amongst other managers. But I personally think we can all use it regardless of our roles and levels. But being able to manage across regardless of your experience or your title. So being able to have influence amongst your colleagues, it really can make or break your career and honestly, just your happiness at work. Because truly, if your peers trust you, you will get more information, you will get support, you will get help, they will champion you, everyone collectively wins, and I will explain why throughout this episode. So typically, I do usually like to take a few minutes to explain or define the topic that I'm talking about, but I don't really think influence needs that much of an introduction. We, of course, all understand it on a broad scale, and it's definitely a word that we use a lot here at House. It is one of our competencies for the people leader model. But what I do think is worth talking about is that often people only associate it with leadership and management. There is a misconception out there that if you are not managing anyone or you have no interest in ever managing anyone, that you don't need to be influential and you can work independently in your own lane and the way that you interact with other people just doesn't matter because you don't care about leadership or becoming a leader. I'm here to tell you, though, that that is just not quite accurate. And I touched on this a couple of minutes ago, but If you really think about it, we all need influence, regardless of our roles or responsibilities, to really just get our job done and honestly to even just meet expectations at work at that bare minimum level. I can guarantee at some point, all of us will have to collaborate and work with someone on our team or someone from a different team, a different department on something. We will all be in situations in which we have to give or receive feedback to our peers. We will all need help with something. We will have to navigate some difficult or uncomfortable conversations. We all will need support from other people. And all of these things that I just mentioned, which are universal experiences at work, if you want them to be as effective, productive, and just positive as possible, then it it does require you to have built up influence and be able to assert it accordingly. And it's important to remember too, though, that influence is not about exerting power over other people in a negative way. 
And I bring this up because it is another common misconception around this skill done right, done authentically from a place of genuine concern for other people and collectively wanting the best for everyone. It is nothing but a positive thing. And I think this quote sums it up pretty accurately. Influence is an extraordinary asset in the professional world. But remember, your goal here should be to become more respected in the workplace, not to increase the likelihood of getting others to do your bidding. One is a respectable journey to greater prominence and productivity, while the other is simply a Machiavellian power trip. And so as I move into talking about some tangible ways that you can become more influential amongst your peers, remember that while having influence is necessary to just getting stuff done at work, it is not just about that. It's also not just about helping you advance in your career and get what you want into that next level which, you know, those those are important things to prioritize, but big picture, influence helps the company succeed as a whole. It contributes to those greater, bigger goals that we really are all working towards. All of these things that I'll talk about just make you a better teammate who is able to lift other people up. It makes you warmer, just a more generous human being overall. So it is a win-win for both yourself and the company as a whole. And so with that, I want to jump into four different things that you can do that will authentically help you become more influential amongst your peers. So starting with my first tip here is to focus on collaborating and not competing. So this first one is one I think that most housers are already fantastic at. It has always been one of my favorite parts about working here for the last six years, It was apparent from day one that we know how to do this. This idea of collaboration and not competition. What I'm getting at here is that to be an influential person that your colleagues look up to, you have to be able to help each other win and collectively raise each other up instead of only looking out for yourself or being overly competitive about things. Now, a healthy level of competition is fine. It can help us take action. It's fun. But what I'm getting at here is that your whole focus shouldn't be treating everything as a competition. Your interactions with your coworkers on your team, or if you're a manager, your fellow leadership team, just shouldn't be solely dominated by thoughts of outshining or outperforming people or consciously even withholding information that can hurt other people, things like that. People can sense when you're solely focused on you and only care about getting ahead. And that's honestly the quickest way to not only isolate yourself from other people, but you just won't be able to make friends at work and people won't trust you. We are all on teams for a reason because there is something to be said about working in a collective group to achieve results. When we have that free flow information and there is help and support moving around all of us, we all do benefit. Everyone's performance increases. It is a proven fact. So It's really important, tip number one here, to be focusing on how you can collaborate with other people and not compete with them. And there are so many things that you can do to ensure that you're leaning into this beyond just at face value, not being an overly competitive person and only looking out for yourself. So it can also be things like ensuring that you're giving other people proper credit for their work. Um, It can also mean becoming comfortable celebrating other people's 
wins and congratulating them on things and not being threatened by their success. It also looks like really committing to sharing information. So if you know a certain method or process is elevating your results or your team's results, it is sharing that with your coworkers. Or again, if you're a manager, your fellow leadership team, instead of hoarding that information for yourself. Again, a basic level of competition is fun. It's harmless. It is a normal part of workplace culture, but we just have to check in with ourselves to ensure that we're not being cutthroat with other people, um, that we're supporting and helping each other and demonstrating that we care about other people's success through focusing on collaborating and not competing. And that will help you build that influence. All right. So Next up, tip number two is to let the best idea win. So I'm going to be honest, this one is hard, very, very hard. And it is because we all have egos that are in place to protect us. So when another person challenges our idea, opinion, suggestion, plan, whatever it is, it is very natural to get defensive and protective over our work. We all have done this at one time or another. But we cannot battle to the death over these things. We have to take a step back, look at the situation objectively, and realize that if you truly, truly care about the team above anything else, which ties back to my previous point of collaborating and not competing. So if my team and this end result, this project that we're working on and our collective success is most important, then that means sometimes having to admit that your idea or your plan or your suggestion maybe is not the right course of action in this case. You have to be able to hand the baton to your teammate and say, you know what? You are actually right. This makes a lot of sense. Great idea. I think we should move forward with that. And a mantra that I say to myself all the time to help with this is that I am committed to getting it right and not being right. So getting behind what is right and makes the most sense regardless of who or what that is Um, and not having to always personally be the one. That's right. So ways you can ensure that you are letting the best idea win beyond just stepping back when someone is right or has the better idea is to focus on being assertive and explaining yourself thoughtfully with data and facts, but not being aggressive or argumentative. It's about being confident and speaking with conviction to ensure that you're able to share your perspective, but you're not being arrogant or doing anything that compromises your credibility. It also looks like encouraging your coworkers or your fellow leadership team to speak up with their ideas in group settings. So if you know someone has something to say or share, prompt them. Say, you know, I think Mary actually had a thought regarding this. Of course, only do that if you know they would be okay with you doing that. Um, but it's really just about being open to new ideas or to other people challenging your opinions and not taking it personal when other people disagree. So again, do not be afraid to share your opinion or your solution or your idea, but know when to pull back. Be flexible with it. Um, don't be rigid with it being more way or the highway. Your colleagues will appreciate that. They will see it as a positive character trait. And what happens is they end up trusting your perspective and your judgment in future situations because you have proven to be someone who always backs the best idea, even if it's not yours to begin with. All right. So moving on to number three tip here to building that influence with your coworkers, your colleagues is to avoid office politics. So 
This one, it kind of feels self-explanatory. Um, I know it's not groundbreaking by any means. I think maybe our collective response when hearing this is, well, of course, I already know this. I definitely already avoid office politics, but I have to say, I think we're maybe not as great at this as we think we are. I'm talking about myself here too, but to truly be someone who successfully navigates and avoids office politics, it means removing yourself from situations or conversations that are revolved around gossip. It means avoiding petty arguments. It even means standing up for what's right, not what's popular. It means not constantly changing your opinion on things based upon who's in the room or who you're trying to impress or using other people for personal gain. Honestly, I feel like all this really just ties back to one of our competencies here at House, which is do you have integrity and trust? I definitely want to be clear, though, that I'm not saying that this means you avoid conflict, you avoid hard conversations. We need those to make progress and forge stronger relationships. So I'm not saying that. I'm also not saying that you're not allowed to vent to other people. That is important to feel heard and just to get things off your chest. What I'm getting at with the office politics are, can you avoid petty, distracting, hurtful, just unnecessary things that we tend to get caught up in because it's entertaining and tempting? Ultimately, if we stand up for what's right, we're diplomatic, we're fair with our coworkers and colleagues, we watch the things that we say, we avoid petty gossip and unnecessarily judging other people, that helps build tremendous trust and respect. And again, that helps us be influential. All right, so we are heading into my very last tip here, which is don't pretend you are perfect. And I'm ending on this one because personally, it is the one that means the most to me when I see this from my coworkers, from anyone who's ever managed me, even in my personal life, when I see people do this, it is an immediate trust builder. I have so much respect for people who do this. And honestly, when I think of the people at House that I believe to be influential, who have influenced me greatly over the last six years, Every single one of them has absolutely mastered this with ease. It is just everything. So we have to get comfortable with owning our mistakes, our errors in judgment, and just take accountability for our actions and our decisions. We are human. We will not always get it right. We are not perfect, but it is imperative that we make things right when we do mess up. So whether that means telling someone explicitly that you're sorry for something Um, Whether it means taking accountability for a critical error that impacted someone else on your team or a neighboring one, whatever it looks like for the situation that you're in, it is standing up and saying, I messed up and I am going to own this. That is really what people want to see from you is the vulnerability and the confidence to own those things and that you will do better next time. Your colleagues and your teammates, they will not buy into the facade that you know everything, that you have the answer to everything that you're right all the time, that you execute everything perfectly, to try to attempt to create that illusion of perfection or being all-knowing, it's just not good. And if we do that, people will not enjoy being around us and they definitely will not trust us. We, again, are on teams to support and help each other, to teach each other. So we have to let down those walls, have some humility, and not pretend that we're perfect. And Again, showing vulnerability and admitting to mistakes, it makes you more relatable to the people that you work with, which helps you feel connected to them, 
And again, helps you build relationships, which is foundational to then having influence with the people that are around you. So those four tips that I just went over are truly the tip of the iceberg that is this topic. There is so much more that you can do to help develop this. Um, Things like being consistent and following through, doing favors for other people without expecting anything in return, um, going out of your way to introduce people to new contacts or connections inside the company, giving people access to resources, honestly, just being overall generous with your time and support. If you want to learn more about this topic, I linked a book in the show notes below that I highly, highly recommend. One of the best leadership books I have ever read, and I have read every single one under the sun. It is called The 360 Degree Leader by John C. Maxwell. It's phenomenal, and it inspired um, this podcast, so check that out. But doing all of these things that I just talked about um, and doing them consistently, it's kind of like depositing into the piggy bank of relationship, relationship building and influence. And this is definitely a bank that you want to have a surplus in in order to advance in your career and just have fun on a team that is successful and does an incredible job. So commit to collaborating and not competing. Always, always let the best idea win. Avoid the office politics and just don't pretend that you're perfect. And if you are consistent with all of these things, I promise you people will notice. They remember that all those things that they see And over time, you will start to inspire. You will be able to galvanize people into action. You will have an impact and really be a value add here at House. So with that, I hope you all enjoyed this week's episode of House We Manage. And I, as always, look forward to talking to you all next time. But for now, have a great week. 